Hello, welcome back. Thanks for hitting play on our podcast. I hope you took the time to listen to James talk about overgeneralization in the last episode. That was number two in this series of us talking about thought biases and how they hold us back in our training and our day-to-day lives. James's talk on overgeneralization is one that's definitely good to hear about. We all know someone who has a few hard times or challenges and they let it leak into their whole day or for it to become their demeanour overall when the thinking becomes chronic. Even just asking yourself, am I that person? Gives you some space to recognise when you allow something small to be some kind of catastrophe. It's usually unnecessary and often overblown. I noticed the other day, doing it out early on a run, I get five minutes in, the battery of my watch goes, instantly I'm then thinking, I'm not focused enough on my training, what kind of athlete am I, why am I so crappy at managing my life, I'm so disorganised, and it goes on. In truth, I didn't charge my watch because I forgot as I was trying to get a bunch of stuff done before going to bed the night before, I'm still up and running, I'm still doing the session I want, and I'm still doing the training, the fitness gains you're trying to make still happen when your watch isn't recording it. Anyway, this week I wanted to move on to number three in the series and it's egocentric thinking. By ego, I guess we're really talking about our sense of self-importance. There's been a lot written about the ego from Freud's early work right through to the more accessible stuff by the likes of Ryan Holiday with ego as the enemy and the recent revival of the stoic philosophy. In order to better understand this cognitive bias, let's go through a couple of examples first. A simple example appears when someone who is highly skilled in a certain field or at a particular task struggles to imagine or understand the perspective of people who are unfamiliar with it. Maybe we are particularly good at something because we've learned how to do it and probably practiced a lot. Many years ago, I used to DJ quite a lot Not like it is these days with a laptop at the centre of things, but with two Technics turntables, a mixer and some vinyl records. I remember trying to show friends or partners how to do some basic mixing and then feeling super frustrated when they didn't pick it up as soon as I had explained how it should go. But it's like driving a car. As a learner, there's a lot going on at the same time and everyone takes time to connect all the observations with the right actions. Another more straightforward example can be seen in very young children, babies, they're at the centre of their own world. They don't think about anyone else when they want to eat, sleep, get up, cry or poke you in the eye. They are their own world and it's an extreme example, of course. A day-to-day example is all over politics. Some people have a tendency to see things in black and white. It's their side only and everyone else is wrong. Less agreeable policies can be justified for the sake of something that's been attached to an identity. This footballification of political choices, no matter what one party does, it's all forgivable if it's the one I've chosen to nail my colours to. Now I tend not to speak much about politics in public, but I cannot for the life of me understand why anyone would choose to support a number of the decisions made by our current government and elected officials, but lots of people do and I'm sure they'll have their own reasons, even though there can't be many genuinely good-for-humanity reasons left, if there ever were any, but I'm at least open to listening to other people. I might say all this and your initial response be, so so what? I think the way I think and everyone else should catch up. What's the problem? The problem becomes all too obvious when you are in a relationship, and we all have relationships of some kind. 
might be a romantic one, a close friendship or even a boss at work. In these relationships, we set our own rules in our mind and when you take that approach, you expect that everyone else will not only see those, but have a set that look exactly the same. But we all obviously have different experiences, so some of our beliefs and personal rules are ours and ours alone. I might see timekeeping as something that's really important to me and believe that it shows respect to others for me to always be on time for meetings. And if we automatically apply that rule to other people, then we might feel hurt or offended when a friend or partner falls short and regularly turns up late. Uh, They might not know how you feel, so it becomes a relationship with friction which can easily spiral into something bigger. We see it with coaching. People generally come on board because they want the accountability and support, but also because they want to tap into the combined experience of the coach and of the wider coaching team. Yet people will allow their egocentric thinking to keep on doing the sessions the way they want to do them. So not to rest on a recovery day, regularly chasing any missed sessions, not taking any time off after a tough race. Well, the sooner I get back to training really hard, the better. The athlete view is that I know what works best for me. I have a coach who will help me to improve, but I'll be driven to do my own thing at times because I know best. Now, I'm not suggesting that you blindly follow any plan. A coach can also be caught out thinking that the way they do things is the right way for every athlete, which of course it isn't. The best coaching relationships are when both athlete and coach don't allow any egocentric thinking to get in the way of open discussion and making most of the big calls together. So where does this leave us and what can we do about it? This is probably a whole series of podcasts and the clock is ticking on this one, so listen up. Number one, slow down. Sometimes we make decisions, we take actions, speak our minds too quickly. Something has been triggered and we let our emotions take over. If you slow down a bit before you react to people, events and actions, it might help you to find some clarity on what is really important to you, what's behind the words and whether or not it's something to push. Consider how your decision might impact other people. What would you do or say if you were that person? Number two, open up. It's easy to get completely caught up thinking life is all about us, but most of us have people around us who care and want to be part of our lives. So look around and see who is standing by you and willing to talk openly and provide another perspective. Don't just coax people into just confirming your own thoughts and beliefs. That's kind of what gossiping is and it's seldom productive. Number three, take a chance. Sometimes the egocentric bias is strengthened because we learn through experience that we can't trust others to stick around. Try and notice who is standing by you. Take a chance to let someone show you what they can do. Accept the help and support sometimes. Something I've never been very good at myself. It helps to build lasting and valuable relationships as an added benefit too. And finally, number four, the ever popular, stay present. Just as many of us have learned not to trust others, many of us have learned to avoid showing vulnerability. We are going to make mistakes and people are going to notice, but it's okay, keep moving. We all want to live a good life and it never feels comfortable when others see our mistakes. But when we don't spend time regretting those mistakes or thinking too far ahead about what that mistake will mean in the future, the presence allows us to practice being uncomfortable. 
just like the tough races and the hard training sessions, being in situations that hurt a little bit help us to learn that you can move through them and still be okay. So slow down, open up, take a chance and stay present. It rolls off the tongue, I know, but it's more challenging to put into practice and I hope some of this was helpful. James will pick up on the next Thought Bias and it will be live a week from this going out. You can listen from the start again at any point, just look for Series 5 of the Pylon Ultrapod. If you'd like to show some love for the podcast, then please subscribe. Tell us what you think on social media. You can type a comment or you can take a snapshot on your phone and let us know what you took from the episode. We're trying to create a supportive community of people who regularly look to ask questions of themselves and find strength in working together. Together we can build belief and take on bigger and bolder challenges. We are all capable, no matter your age, experience, current fitness level or home or work situation. If there's anything we can help you with from a coaching perspective, please get in touch. We've got space with brilliant coaches who look after 5k to marathon to 24 hour runners, back of the pack to top step of the podium. We get our own personal rewards by helping people who want to improve. So if that's you and you're happy to put the work in, then we are here to help. Thanks for listening and the next episode with James will be up soon. Cheers.